Our scripture reading for the morning comes from uh, the book of Song of Songs. Now I know that in your pew Bible it says Song of Solomon, and we'll address that in the sermon, fear not. But this reading comes from the third chapter, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 of Song of Songs. Upon my bed at night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. I will rise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The sentinels found me as they went about in the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go until I brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the wild does, do not stir up or awaken love until it is ready. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on all of us. Amen. In her wonderful book, Bless Your Heart, Life as a Young Clergy Woman, the Reverend Dr. Stacy Smith describes the Song of Songs as every middle school boy's favorite biblical text. Now, right, nothing against any middle school boys that are here today, or nothing against any middle school boy who, or anyone who ever perhaps was a middle school boy. And though Stacy may be on to something, I pray that today, as we explore this brief and often misunderstood book, that we all can realize that there is so much more in the song than simple love poetry. In fact, my hope is that in about 18 minutes, we will all see that Song of Songs holds one of the keys to better understanding the entirety of the biblical narrative. Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon in all of our new revised standard version pew Bibles, is a collection of love poetry. It's a greatest hits of what Yale professor Dr. Marvin Pope names an anthology inspired by the sacral rites of ancient Near Eastern fertility cults, wherein the issues of life and death were the crucial concern. Now, the book receives its title from the very first lines in chapter 1, naming it Song of Songs. The name is more of a marker, really, than a name, a Hebrew idiom that signifies the importance of the text. This is the Song of Songs. We hear this motif often throughout scripture. Think holy of holies or God of gods. It's perhaps best found in the classic lines of the hallelujah chorus, king of kings and lord of lords forever and ever. Song of songs simply means the most magnificent of songs. And anyone that encountered this text throughout antiquity would have been familiar with this connotation and immediately understood the the importance. Why then does this book oddly have two names? 
Why Song of Songs and not Song of Solomon? Well, personally, I like Song of Songs better, so I will almost always go with that. But you can see again in just the first few verses of the introduction that the wisdom found throughout this book comes from a character, and that character's name is Solomon. Now, that makes sense. Solomon was seen as a brilliant man, known for his wisdom and for his poetry. But throughout this book, Solomon never speaks. Solomon isn't even a character. And most scholars think that either the very first arrangement, the collection of these poems, in a different form than we have today, took place around the time of Solomon's reign, or that the book is hearkening back to that poetic literary vision of Solomon. Additionally, and this is where theme and a little bit of critical thinking comes in, since the entire book is about two young lovers pining over one another, while descriptive and suggestive, the relationship relationship is still monogamous, still just one and the other. Solomon would be a very odd choice as an author, because 1 Kings chapter 11 tells us that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. This is... Yeah. This is perhaps a little judgy. But my assumption is that 700 wife and 300 concubines love poetry would have different themes than we find in this book. Hence, Song of Songs. Now, throughout the eight chapters of the song, the poem flows back and forth between two voices. One of a young woman in love with the other voice, a young shepherd. The poem explores their love and their desire for one another. As the narrative weaves the lovers' voices together, clear themes emerge over the course of the brief book. One of these is that the two characters have this intense longing for one another. We can follow all along with their escapades of seeking and finding one another. Their saga begins with them apart. They seek, they long for one another. They find one another, unite and embrace, but then they are separated and the entire cycle begins again throughout the whole book. Seek, find, unite. Seek, find, unite. Now, every time they find themselves together, they are conveniently placed in a beautiful garden. So another theme of this text is that the garden acts as a space for the wellspring of love. The poem ends in a very rousing conclusion, emphasizing the power and the beauty of love, the incredibly strong desire that each human being has to both know and be known. The lovers find themselves once more in a garden, pining over one another, immersed in that cycle, when we read, Love is as strong as death, its passions as severe as the grave, its flashes are of fire, a divine flame. Now, I find this quite beautiful, because as the poetic cycle continues, this book, just like true love, is a sacred entity that has no end. Now, even though Valentine's Day is this Tuesday, as we were just reminded, we all know love is not just as simple as that. Love with no end. Renita Weems notes in her commentary on the song that with love comes suffering, with love comes disappointment, 
To love someone is to open oneself up to the risk of being hurt and disappointed by that person. Song of Songs reminds us that the journey to satisfying love may bring us face to face with our greatest torment and disappointment. But it may also bring us face to face with our greatest joy. For one must experience both before they can fully know and fully be known by another. And that is the intimate love found in Song of Songs. Now, for many believers, that's it. Song of Songs is a wonderful book full of ancient love poetry that helps us understand God's intimate and eternal relationship with us, humankind. But I want to push us in a new direction and examine two key themes that are central to this text and where we might find those themes in other influential stories throughout Scripture. And those two themes are longing and location. Longing and location. Longing, that pining, that yearning for one another, the otherworldly passion, that desire to both know and be known by another, that throughout song the lovers express. And the other is location. They unite over and over and over again. Where? In a garden. And it's at the intersection of these two themes that I want us next to explore. Now, as I reread Song of Songs in preparation for this sermon, I was struck by just how repetitive that garden motif really is. The garden is where those lovers long for one another, and it's the location for where they finally do unite and embrace. The garden's an image that we see quite often throughout our biblical narrative. A top-of-mind example may be the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. One could argue that Adam longed for Eve as he was just so lonesome there in the garden, and so God created Eve. Another reading could actually be that God pined for far more suitable company for God's self because Adam simply wasn't cutting it, and so then God had to create Eve. I'm sure there are many other interpretations. Those are all servants for another day. Either way, there is clear pining, clear longing to be known in a garden. The Garden of Gethsemane is another very famous garden scene. On the night before Jesus' arrest, he longed for answers from God. Father, take this cup from me. Jesus got frustrated, remember this? And calls out his disciples repeatedly because they can't stay awake with him. Do you remember why? Because Christ longed for, Christ desired to be in relationship. Christ simply desired to be known. Revelation points us to the new garden, the new Eden that God will create. A new heaven and a new earth in which all will fully be loved and all will fully be known. This cosmic, sacred garden we all long for every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. Now this is different. All of a sudden, things are shifting a little bit, aren't they? When we look at the Bible not as a chronological text, not starting in Genesis and making our way through to Revelation, though that's fine, that's one narrative, right? That's one lens. But instead, when we approach the biblical story of God's communion with earth through the lens of Song of Songs, this is not just for middle school boys anymore. 
we can far better see the plethora of ways that God shares divine love. Further, in preparing for this sermon, it occurred that the garden imagery we often associate with the location of creation actually has a different meaning when viewed through the lens of Song of Songs. The garden is not necessarily just where creation begins, but instead it is where love begins. It's where love returns. It's where love renews. One is simply not created in the garden. Instead, one is loved and one is fully known there. Now, to demonstrate that fully, I have one final longing garden love motif example for us to explore and examine. And that comes from the resurrection scene from the Gospel of John. And I have to thank the amazing work of theologians G.K. Beale and Ann Windsor who helped bring me to this realization. Let's set the stage, all right? First, remember the rhythmic motif, straight from song, straight from our reading today. Seek, find, unite. Second, remember that John's resurrection story names Mary Magdalene as the first person to witness the resurrected Jesus. Mary was first to the tomb at daybreak, She raced to get there. But when Mary saw the stone was rolled away, she stood outside, weeping. When the angels ask her, woman, why are you crying? Mary replies, they've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. Reading this story through the lens of the song, this is Mary seeking, Mary pining, Mary longing, for Jesus. And what is the setting? Where is she? What is the sacred location where their holy reunion is about to occur? It's in a garden. For only a few verses later, Mary says, thinking Jesus was the gardener, she says, tell me where, where have you put him? And I will go get him. Jesus replies, Mary. Mary notices him, cries out, Rabbi, And in the fullness of time, one has to marvel at the distinct similarities that are outlined in these very chronologically distanced texts. Perhaps that's exactly how the resurrection occurred. Perhaps John, often hailed as the apostle of love, was so immersed in the theology and the poetry of songs that his historical record is without compromise shaped by the very nature of the Song of Songs. I do not know. But what I do know is that the power of the song, the desire to both know and to be known, the reincarnation of perfect love and the restoration of all relationships, that takes place in the resurrection. And the resurrection takes place in a garden, in the sacred location where the author of Song of Songs claims is where God shares God's greatest gift, the gift of love. Location, longing, and love, three key themes from the greatest of songs, are all present and prophetically placed right at the moment of Christ's resurrection in the canonical gospel that concerns itself most with symbolism, allegory, and metaphor. Mary and Jesus find themselves in a garden, longing for one another, have a moment together, and unite. Except this time, instead of 
Love is not strong as death. This time, love is stronger than death. As their resurrection encounter proves that love through Christ can restore, can overcome, and can heal all. Many people ask me where Christianity began. Was it Adam and Eve? Was it Abraham and Sarah? Was it at Christmas or was it at Pentecost? I think it began right here, right here in a garden, with people longing to both know and be known by one another, inviting others into that friendship, and then creating brand new community, forming relationships based on love and based on common concern. That is the foundation of our faith, and that is the good news of the love gospel, the Song of Songs. Amen.